Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. When Ed was up here before, he was showing something, a truth, that I have seen not only in kids, but I I see it in adults, and I, I see it all over the place. When there is something with individuals that needs to be shared, and there is a limited amount of it, you start to see a side of people come out that is kind of nasty. And, and so here we, we didn't have any uh, fisticuffs or anything like that, so that was good. But, but when you think back, I, I kind of grew up in the same way that Ed did, uh, and there were eight kids in my family, or in the family I grew up in. And the deal was, is we, I don't know about these two bottles for three kids, Ed. Man, that your parents were generous. We got two bottles for eight kids. And, and, and so when we're talking about getting this much soda in the bottom of the glass, when it's not exactly the same, that's a huge amount. And, and there were times when, when we would get so upset and there would be pushing and everything going on, uh, you know, arguing over it. My mom would just walk over and grab them all, pour it down the sink. There we go. And now we don't have anything to argue about anymore, do we? And, it, and we'd be like, oh, no. Then, we're, then the crying started, right? But, but she just hated that. She hated when she saw us arguing and, and fighting over the things that, that we think are ours. And if you think it's just kids, you're wrong. I have seen this so many times when parents die and the children, the adult children, start to go over the, uh, the inheritance. And they start looking at, well, well, mom told me I could have this. Dad told me I could have this. This was always special to me. And, and, and I've seen this in families where it is just so vicious and it gets so ugly that after the funeral, that's the last time they talk to each other. That, that finally where they get to is, you can talk to my lawyer. Uh, and I'm going, because I am going to get what I deserve. This can also be in the same way, and, and, and understandably, I guess, if, if someone goes through a divorce. Hey, maybe you know someone, maybe you've gone through it, where you look at this, and there's this, this, this fighting for what you deserve and, and my part. And, and what happens in all of them? I'm just, I'm just telling you what I see from the outside, And that is this entitlement mentality that says either I deserve that, I shouldn't have to deal with this, that is mine. And if you've ever watched that from the outside, you know how ugly that can be. Now, the reason why, as we look at this today, this, this subject is going to come up is because it's Jacob's final days. And so if you've been here for parts or or even all of the series, the story of Jacob has always been about dividing things up and what you get. And it started with him and his twin brother, 
and, and who should get a blessing and, and, and what exactly, you know, how this is going to work out because there's, there's only so much dad has to give and there's two of us and, and they didn't even want an equal thing. They, each one of them wanted more. Then when you look at Jacob go to, to the land of Laban that, that he goes over there where his uncle is and it's, and it's Jacob getting what he feels he deserves. It's what he wants and it led to issues with, with Leah and Rachel and, and just the problems that were there. And then the fighting of Leah and Rachel, two sisters that you look at the, and their relationship with Jacob and you just look at it and you say, that is messed up. And then Jacob finally, as he was there, it, it, it was about the flocks and how he was going, going to get paid and how many times his wages were uh, changed and, and how much he should get paid. And what we're going to see now is, in his final days is this, is that Jacob went over a, a, a bunch of these things and in hindsight, he was able to look back and say, that was dumb. The, the way that I look and the things that I did were wrong. I valued the wrong things, first of all. And, and secondly, there's a thing that we call, uh, maybe you've heard the terminology, a scarcity mentality. A scarcity mentality means there's only so much, and once that's gone, that's all there is, so I better get all I can of this because it's going to be gone. But we live with a God who is not, understands scarcity. That God, our God is a God of abundance. That, that God owns it all. He made it all. He owns it all. And, and the things that I do or the things that other people I, do to me does not affect God's ability to bless me. And, and I'll just tell you that right out of the gate. If you want to know the, the lesson, the final day's lesson that Jacob learned, it was that. It was that it doesn't rest on me to try to do this, to deceive people, to play the angles. If God wants to bless me, He's going to bless me. And we'll see the good place that it left him, but then also see that these were lessons that were gonna continue to be learned by his sons. So we start, and we start in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 21. And the reason why I chose this is this is now over 1,000, almost 2,000 years after Jacob had died and was buried. And so this is in the New Testament, and, and what was happening is the writer of Hebrews was looking back at people who lived with a faith relationship with God. And this is what it says. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worship as he leaned on the top of his staff. So we're gonna get to the blessing that he did to the sons, but it, but it says that Jacob worshiped as he leaned on the top of the staff. And if you are someone who, who knows someone who's up in years, uh, and, and maybe I would say even as I think about my dad, my dad is 86 years old, and throughout his life, I, I, will, I would probably say that there might be more hardworking people than my dad, but I don't know if I've met him. And, and so I, I look at him, there were not many days in his life where I ever saw my dad leaning on anything. 
that, it was the, that if he had the staff in his hand, it, it, was, it was time to work. And remember, this, is, this might have been his shepherd's staff. This would have been all the work that he was doing, all the things that he needed to get done. But now at the end of his life, it was time to lean on the staff. All the work was done. And for him to look out, and he would have seen his sons and their families and everything that God had done and, and worshiping God, saying, God, first of all, thank you. Thank you. As I look at all of these blessings, it's humbling to me, God, that you were to do this for me. And then secondly, that, that he realized this is God's working, that he was giving God credit for it and, and trusting in God, saying, you know what, Lord, you brought me. I was so worried. I had a scarcity mentality when I was young and I was afraid that I would never get enough. And now that you've brought me all the way through this, I'm able to look back and see what a great God you have. You have, you have not only blessed me with every physical gift I could imagine, but you've blessed me spiritually. You've, you've let me know that I am loved. You've given me a new identity. You've taken me from being the deceiver to now being Israel, one who contends with God in prayer, uh, an individual who, who, who can have this relationship with, with you, Lord, and, and for that I thank you. This is, if you want to know the win of life, this is it. That my prayer for you is that one day God gives you the blessing of leaning on your staff, of looking over and saying, what a great God I have. All of this and Jesus too, are you kidding me? Uh, it, it's, it's overwhelming and humbling to me. So in the blank, you can write, at the end of his life, Jacob enjoyed a faith relationship with God who was with him to the end. A faith relationship, a trust, saying, you know what, God's got me. I'm good. Everything that I need, it's all been about him all the time, and I can see his hand in everything that happens, good and bad. The bad brings me closer to him. The good that I, I do, I thank him for, and Lord, you are a great God. So, it says that he, he, he was leaning on his staff, but also he blessed Joseph's, Joseph's sons. So this, these aren't his 12. These are the two grandsons. And this is what we are told happened in Genesis 48. So, so this is how the blessing happened. And Joseph took both of them, his two sons, Ephraim on his right towards toward Israel's left hand and Manasseh on his left towards Israel's right hand and brought them close to him. But Israel reached out his hand, his right hand and put it on Ephraim's head, though he was the younger, and crossing his arms, he put his left hand on Manasseh's head, even though Manasseh was the firstborn. So, so you have this situation where you, you have your right hand and you have your left hand, right? And, and that, that expression was used in that day even when, when the disciples asked, can I be on your right, one of my sons be on your right and one on your left? Either one of those sides is great, but usually the right hand, when we talk about Jesus sitting at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, it, it shows the strength and, and that everything on the right hand is, is under the control. It was, it was the sign of strength. So as Joseph brought his sons, he put the older one on the right hand, the younger one on his left, and he said, okay, dad, remember their age, you know, this one's the older, this one's the younger, so this is the way we think, is the older son is the one who gets it all because he's older, and then the younger son still gets a blessing, but not as good. And so what Jacob did is as they came to him, 
he went like this. And, and so what that meant is he, he switched the blessing. And Joseph was not having it. As a matter of fact, he walked over and he grabbed his dad's arms and said, no, dad, this way. And Jacob said, you know what, Joseph? I know exactly what I'm doing. And you know what I'm doing? I'm showing grace and mercy and undeserved love to show how God works. God is gonna uh, bless both these boys in, in crazy ways. But what I'm telling you is you need to get this out of your head that in any way do either one of these boys deserve it based on their age or who was born first or anything like that. That is not how God works. And now, as Jacob got to the end of his life, it's not how he works. And, and in doing that, he was not only teaching the boys a lesson, he was teaching Joseph a lesson, and he's teaching us a lesson. And it is about that scarcity mentality that we all have. Is there going to be enough for me? There's a limited amount. And it's a reminder that God gives you blessings every single day more than you ever deserve. And that is what grace is all about. So in the blank, you can write, at the end of his life, Israel not only enjoyed grace, which is undeserved love. So that's what grace is, undeserved. That's the point. But also trusted God to distribute it. Again, my prayer for you at the end of your life is not only that you lean on your staff and, and look at the blessings that God has given you, but you become both a consumer of grace as God shows you that love in Jesus Christ, but then you also become a distributor of that grace, showing love to those who, who might not deserve it, who, who probably don't deserve it. Being forgiving, loving, kind, all of those fruits of the Spirit, all of those things that Christ has been to you, all of that love that God has shown to you in Jesus Christ, that you become one who shares it with those in your life. We continue. And now we get to the blessings of the sons. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. And, and you can go and look at each one of them if you want. But, but this is part of it. Then Jacob called for his sons and said, gather around so I can tell you what will happen to you in days to come. Assemble and listen, sons of Jacob. Listen to your father, Israel. So there, as he does this, this is something to be noticed, is that first of all, all 12 are there. And so what happens is each one is going to hear what the other one's blessing or words. And, and as we look at these words of, of Jacob, of Israel, in some ways they're the giving of a blessing. In some ways they're prophecy, showing what is going to come, so they are words from God. And then in, in another way they are warnings to the sons or blessings as well, or, or what to look forward to. So as we look at this, understand that it's kind of a mix of things. This isn't just Jacob coming up with things to say, but this is at God's direction. So as he's going through the sons, remember, this is like reading the inheritance kind of, and it says Simeon and Levi are brothers. So this would have been brothers number two and three. 
And the oldest brother was already told because of, of sins that he had done, that he had, he had lost his right. Uh, so it was the f- harsh to that first brother. And said, Simeon and Levi are brothers. Their swords are weapons of violence. Let me not enter their council. Let me not join their assembly, for they have killed men in their anger and hamstrung oxen as they pleased. Cursed be their anger, so fierce, and their fury so cruel, I will scatter them in Jacob and disperse them in Israel. Yikes. And, and if, if you were to read back at what these two brothers did, these two brothers ended up going and they literally murdered an entire village because of what they did to their sister. And, and so as, as Jacob is giving these words, there's two parts to it. One of them is, is pointing out the sin, but part of it is understanding where a, a, a personality and their weaknesses ends up. I want you to think about that. I, I want you to think about your, your strengths and your weaknesses and understand where that will lead for your life. So, I'll give you an example. And Jeff's not here, so I'm gonna use him. Uh, Jeff has a saying that he says all the time. And that is, jump in the river first, look for crocodiles later. And that, if there's a saying that encompasses Jeff Gunn, that's it. And so, if, if Je- Jeff was Jacob's son, he might tell him, jumping in the water will be, bring refreshment, and you're going to get your butt bit by an alligator, okay, at some point. And so, what, what the point of it is this, is that we all have personality, we're all a package. And, and so, if, if this was now to me, that, that, that Jacob would probably say, Dan, you need to watch your sarcasm and the words that come out of your mouth. They are going to get you in more trouble than if you would just shut up occasionally. And, and that, you know what that is? That's honest. And, and it is a good, and so the question is that, that as I hear those words, hopefully it would keep me to shut my mouth but in reality, it's probably, it, it's true, it's honest. And so that's what's happening. And now the question is, is what would Jacob say to you? Because the encouragement for each one of those sons is to say, what is your weakness? Look back at your track record and, and see how that's going to play out in your life. And so, again, um, Genesis 49 verse 28 continues with this. All these are the 12 tribes of Israel, and this is what their father said to them when he blessed them, giving them the blessing appropriate to them. That's why they didn't all get the same. They they didn't all get equal. It was appropriate to them. Understanding who they were, and and I think, I don't know if it's Dave Ramsey, if he had the quote, but it's a, it's definitely in Financial Peace University. He says it this way. A blessing to someone who cannot handle it 
is a curse. And whenever I, whenever I hear that, when he says that, I think of the grandma who won, who won the lottery and she won $10 million. And within one year, two of her grandsons had overdosed and killed themselves on heroin from the money she gave them. She gave them each a million dollars and it killed them within a year. And, and she looks back and what does she say? I wish I never would have won it. I, I, I look back at it and it was a curse to me and to my family. And so as we look at this, understand it, and this is why God blesses you the way that he blesses you. This is why you have the struggles that you have in your life. This is why you are different and God treats you differently than the person next to you because you are different than them. And God knows that and loves you and cares about you. And then finally, for the wages of sin is death. And, and the reason why I do that is this is an important verse because what are wages? Remember, we only use this word when we do our taxes, right? Wages, tips, and other earnings. And what that is is wages are what I earned my, my 2017 wages is what I made in 2017 for what I did. And now God says the wages, if you want to get what you deserve, if you want the payment for what you've done, that can be arranged. And the payment is death, not only physical death, but spiritual death as well. And that is the biggest thing. And my encouragement, as you look at what you deserve, that... that and I'll take the inheritance as an example. I think about this. Both my parents are alive. Both my in-laws are alive. And there's nine people, nine kids in the family in my wife's side and eight kids in the family uh, on my side. You know what that equals? Bad inheritance. <laughs> That's got to be divided eight ways. And, and so you look at it and you go, man, it, it, if and when that, that happens, that that's not going to be a lot. So this is what I think. I've, and I, I'll be honest with you. I think I have thought about it. And I think about, well, I wonder how they're going to do the inheritance. Because there's some of my brothers who are pretty well off. They don't need my parents' money. So I would probably not give them any. <laughs> Mom and dad, if you're listening right now. And then I have a, a couple other uh, brothers and sisters, I don't want to name names, who have just, they, every penny they've ever had, they've spent and wasted. And so they have no money. So if I was my parents, if you're listening, I won't give any to them either. You might as well just throw it away. But if only there was a child who would use it the way that you would be happy with and who really lives his life in, in a way that you would agree with, if you're watching, you're looking at him, right? We laugh, but I'm telling you that is how we think. We think about what we deserve based on we do this and this, and it's such an, an, a looking at self. But if I got what I deserve from my parents, you know what I would get? Nothing. And you know why? It's not my money. It's theirs. And you know what? It's not their money. It's God's. And when you go into a situation like that, empty-handed, and say, I deserve nothing, 
when you get anything, you're thankful. And, and I would argue that, that the biggest cause of lack of thanks and misery in our lives is we overestimate our own self-worth daily. If we are honest, if we go through that confession we talked about earlier, and, and the sins that, that haunt me in my life, the ones I know about and the ones I don't, that, that, that is the problem. And that, again, is why a good answer to how are you doing today? Better than I deserve. That is the right answer. We continue. Uh, in the blank, you can write, God used Jacob to warn his sons about their sinful behavior that would it ultimately lead and where it would ultimately lead. They were in danger of getting what they deserved. And so it was a warning. You guys have got to look out for this. You need to confess that sin and turn to the Lord for forgiveness. But then, so, so we get that, you know, that kind of downer. Now we get to number four son, Judah. Judah, your brothers will praise you. So now you're going to be in this situation where they look at, the brothers are going to say, Judah, this is so awesome. They're praising Judah. Your hand will be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's son will bow down to you. And the next words are words of prophecy that point ahead to Jesus. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come, talking about Jesus, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. This is the promise, the promise that, that God will send a ruler, that God will send a, not only a king, but a priest, a savior, one that will bring praise for all of the family, and that is Jesus. And so in the verse that, that we just looked at too, for the wages of sin, if you want to get what you deserve, it's death. But the gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And that was the distribution of grace that Jacob enjoyed. It's one that Jacob's sons could enjoy, the brothers of Judah would enjoy, the nation of Israel would enjoy, and we enjoy as well. Every single day, thank God that you do not get what you deserve, but he gives you something you don't deserve. And that is forgiveness and his love and everything that Christ has won for you. In the blank, you can write, God used Jacob to bless all of his sons through a promised savior who would forgive all their sins and all yours as well. The blessing that blessing which was for all people. And then finally, Genesis 49, verse 33. When Jacob had finished giving instructions to his sons, he drew his feet up into bed, breathed his last, and was gathered to his people. And that was it. That, that he did this and then it was, he knew that it was time. God in some way blessed him. I don't know if he knew exactly that he was going to die or not. He knew it was getting close. And, and so I, as he does this, this picture that after he's worshiping, leaning on his staff, now it's time for Jacob to sleep. And, and that is a sleep that he is in now, the sleep of death, going, soul and body separating, going to be with the Lord, his soul going to be with the Lord. And, and really, as you look at this, this being the definition of a successful life, 
one in which I am brought closer and closer to God through the experiences of my life, and finally, when my life here is over, that I go to be with the Lord in heaven. That is why Jacob, also known as Israel, his life is worthy of looking at as we look at success, success and what success means in life. And then the final verse is from 1 Peter 1, verses 3 and 4, and this one really talks about our inheritance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into, and this is the big part, don't miss it, because this is your inheritance, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. As I look back, I already told you that there were times when I think about the inheritance uh, on both sides of the family, and sometimes I wonder what what I'm going to get. And then what I think about is what I have already received. That I I think about, first of all, how how my family brought me up, my wife, her family, how, how she was brought up in as as Christians and to know who Jesus was. And, and to, to really have a faith relationship with God, and I am thankful for that. And, and then I, I look at all of the things they have done to bring me to where I am right now, understanding that the, the greatest gift they gave me is that gift of knowing who Jesus is. And so the inheritance is, is something I'm not receiving necessarily from them, but from God. And so I can look forward, not just through the last years of my life here on earth, knowing that I'll have enough money to get by, but to have an eternity in heaven with Christ. It is my privilege to be able to let you know that is your inheritance through faith in Jesus as well. Your future is not only bright, but it it is secure for an eternity one for you by Jesus Christ. And, and as you are, if you, in case you're concerned about dividing that up, don't be. Because we have a God of abundance who has given all of this to all of us to enjoy. The final days. These are the final days of Jacob watching how he, he developed in his life from uh, being someone who was always trying to get an angle to, to finally coming to a place of peace with God and with his family. It's my prayer that you will do the same, that you will learn the lessons, hopefully from Jacob, without having to repeat them. But if you have, that's okay. There is forgiveness. You are forgiven by Christ. And now through that power, may you live this life of faith, being a distributor of grace to those around you. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for the gift that you have given us in Jesus Christ as our Savior. And we thank you that you have given us an inheritance that will never spoil or fade, kept in heaven for us. And so we look to, to the future and, and we can... Uh, know that you are a God of abundance and that you are going to continue to take care of us. As we go, Lord, please help us get through times here on this earth that, that seem scarce, like we don't have enough. Uh, and, and let us turn to you at those times uh, for every blessing uh, that you offer. 
And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Maybe some of us are in our final days. Maybe some of us have a long way to go before we get there. But what a great promise to leave with today. You are not alone. Uh, that, that God not only goes before us, but God goes with us. And, and that is the promise we have. And as you leave, go also with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you in favor and give you his peace. Amen. Have a great day.